Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another depressing episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows everything there is to know except for white pills. <laughs> on White Pill Wednesday, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. What huh. do you got for us today? Not much, Chuck. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing great, actually. I do have to say it's a white pill, so I called, no, Charlie called me this morning, and um, it's about every other call I answer to Charlie, so he called me this morning, and... Um, he didn't answer last night. And I said, how's it going today, Chuck? That's, see, that's how we talk in normal times, too, and he goes, <laughs> it's great, man, it's an amazing day, it's going to be a, in a, a just a great day, and I was like, What's wrong with Charlie? <laughs> I was like, something bad happened for sure. It's all about the and attitude. He's, he's overcompensating. It's it's all about the attitude. Do you think it's really all about the attitude? Though? I think it is. I think perception is reality. Like how you view something, mm -hmm. it, that all determines on how you live your life. I do think it's important to have a positive attitude and look at the bright side as much as you can. I do have to necessarily have to be positive. Well, but you said perception is reality, but what about the objective truth? If today sucks, it sucks. There's no such you thing know? as objective truth, Nate. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too early. You, you know? imagine our Hawaii listeners Look, waking up right now. It's, some it's like kids, four in the morning. Some kids, when their hamster dies, they're depressed for like weeks and they mm -hmm. cry a lot and all kinds of stuff. And you, when your hamster died, you were just like, oh, well, it's a hamster. Get another one. The perception on the death of a hamster. I never, uh, I never had a hamster. What's the objective truth in when a hamster dies? I, I mean, I think it's objectively it is sad, but I guess that is it. I don't know if a tree falls in the forest, kind of thing, and Joe Biden's not there to uh, to to catch it. Then does he fall off his bike? You know, that's exactly right. As the old saying goes. Mm -hmm. And so that could have been a white pill, watching Joe Biden fall off his bike. Man, really missed opportunity <laughs> right there. He's okay, so you can make fun of it. It's Nicole totally wants fine. to know what she missed in the pre-show. And you know what? She signed up, so she could have been here for the pre-show. <laughs> if you're not Almost signed nothing. up, you go to joingml.com, and that's how you get part of the, That's how you get in the pre-show. Typically, uh, Nate goes live right on time and uh, for the first 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, then I come in, Yeah, and we... We give a little more banter, and then we actually do the show. You miss me BSing for 15 minutes while I was waiting on Charlie <laughs> to come in here and sit down. Uh, we didn't talk about very much, except for the fact that there's a severe lack of white pills right now. We do have one from yesterday that you might take as a white pill. I've got you might take it. personal white pill. What's your white pill? Is that, well, the market's down, but I flipped short. Yeah, it's so. actually retracing all the way back up to yesterday's high right now. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine nowadays. It looked good this morning. It did, yeah. So, yeah, I have a white pill is that I went long this morning and I'm uh, up uh, about 500 bucks on this trade right now. There I'm you at. go. So there's the white pill taking the opposite side of Charlie. The other thing is um, Charlie's going to do his walkthrough of his house today. Oh, yeah. See, it's a good it's a good example of perception as reality because um, he thinks that's a good thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's why we're doing the show actually in the morning. It is Good Morning Liberty mm -hmm. this morning. But let's talk about something that uh, sounds controversial, but this is a white pill, folks. Separation 
of church and state. I do have a video, just a one minute and 42 second video from NBC News to give everyone just a little, uh, a little overview of what's happening. The ruling is a victory for Amy Carson, who lives with her husband in Maine. They sent their daughter to the same religious high school they attended, Bangor Christian. They say it teaches values that are important in their lives. It's an extension of how we t raise her at the house. Um, the beliefs that the school has are in line with what we have at the home. But because that school provides an explicitly religious education, the Carsons were not eligible to receive tuition money from the state. Maine gives taxpayer money to families who live in areas that don't have public high schools. But the state bans using that public money to send children to schools that offer religious instruction, saying it wants to avoid subsidizing religion. Today, by a vote of six to three, the Supreme Court said that's religious discrimination. Writing for the majority, Chief Justice John Roberts said Maine promotes stricter separation of church and state than the federal constitution requires. He said once a state offers taxpayer money to benefit public schools, it cannot leave out religious ones. This is one of a series of decisions in which the court's conservative majority has been incredibly protective of religion and has said that the government cannot discriminate, including when it's spending public money. In dissent, Justice Sonia Sotomayor said the decision, quote, leads us to a place where separation of church and state becomes a constitutional violation. Still to come, the decisions on whether to overturn Roe v. Wade and on carrying guns in public. There are okay, so there's your overview from Pete Williams. The milk's gone bad, <laughs> so according to Twitter. What's your, oh, according to Twitter, man, we've, we've just completely... I mean, I saw the most ridiculous stuff last night. We like, have this is this probably set women back a hundred years. <laughs> it did, <laughs> it did for sure. One of my favorite ones last night was someone please tell me that uh, it was uh, tell me where it says that private citizens can own weapons of war, but it it doesn't say that you know you you can't give money to churches from the government. He's like. Uh, you're going completely backwards on the Constitution right now. I'm like, there's literally a constitutional amendment saying that the people have the right to keep and bear arms. You know, mm -hmm. the, that the government can't take that away. Separation of church and state, on the other hand, little bit there in the First Amendment. But I do believe that we've got it uh, slightly backwards a bit from the way that it was intended. So we're going to go through a little bit of what this case actually said. And we're going to go through what the precedent was, which was actually said in 1947. That was the first time that separation of church and state was said in, the, in a Supreme Court opinion, uh, quoting back to a Thomas Jefferson letter that he wrote to a Baptist church in, you know, in 1802. Way, way back, you know. Now, the and, white pill of this is, we'll just start with the white pill, which is the fact that people get their money back that was stolen from them previously. Like at first they were denied because of religious reasons, and now they're able to get their money back. And keep in mind, everyone pays taxes, and any amount that you can get back from the government is a good thing. Now, the only the flip side of that argument is if the people are, in fact, receiving back money more than what they paid in to the system, uh, then other taxpayers are subsidizing the education at that at that public school because that and so that's why the answer to this would be to just but not take on. the money from the people in hang the first on a place. second though i mean how, how much tax do you pay over your lifetime well i know because like know. you would have to 
It's I'm not saying, just, I don't have the math on this. You don't pay this. property taxes whether or not you have kids and yeah. whether or not the oh, kids are in school. Believe me, I'm well aware. <laughs> exactly. I pay for a lot of kids to go to school. Yeah. You know? So, what, where, you know, how much money can you get back? That's, yeah, I'm not saying I have the math on that. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. The, you're always going to be on the wrong side of it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter how much money the government gives back to you. You're still... You're still net negative. So this is... Uh, you it, will always be net negative. Yeah, for sure, because I don't have any kids. That's right. So That you know of. Yes, very true. So from the Boston... <laughs> this is from the Boston Globe, reposted here from MSN. This is the flip side of the argument. Remember separation between church and state? Apparently, the Supreme Court doesn't. <laughs> it's Wipe Wednesday, but I wanted to read some of the dumb... The U.S. Supreme Court seems not only content to erase unenumerated constitutional rights it's recognized for decades, like the privacy right upon the imperiled precedent of Roe v. Wade, the court's conservative justices are more than willing to ignore the plain language of the Constitution itself when they see fit. (laughs) This is written out in plain English form, plain Queen's English. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show. That's our friend Mikkel Thurup of the Expat Money Show. You've probably heard him on this podcast before. That's back on episode 330. And if you're one of the many people who are considering exploring life in another country, you absolutely have to subscribe to the Expat Money Show. Whether it's foreign residencies, second passports, asset protection, or protecting your money from the tyranny of taxation, there is no better resource than the Expat Money Show. I mean that, seriously. This is the guy to go to. Mikkel has spent over 20 years traveling the world, visiting more than 100 countries while living in nine different countries over that time. He can help you legally eliminate your tax bill and travel the world in the process. So subscribe to the Expat Money Show today, available on all the podcast apps, YouTube, or you can find the episodes over at expatmoneyshow.com. And by the way, he's got a great online summit coming up that I'm going to put the link in the show notes to as well. A bunch of different experts who are going to show you all the benefits of living the expat lifestyle, the best ways to do it, how we can actually live a free libertarian lifestyle. That does sound pretty good. So go over to the expatmoneyshow.com and find all the links in the show notes. We're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to simplify your charitable giving without compromising your values or your principles. We talk a lot about the importance of putting your money where your mouth is to make a positive change in the world. There's tons of organizations with our liberty-minded principles that are doing great work every day, but cancel culture might be coming for your charitable dollars. All the big banks sponsor charitable savings accounts, or donor-advised funds, as they're formally called, but they have a history of slow walking or just straight-up blocking donations to conservative charities. Family Research Council, National Review Institute, National Rifle Association Foundation, Liberty Council, Turning Point USA, and a lot more have been targeted by the woke mob in recent years. So clearly, not every donor-advised fund provider is safe for conservatives and libertarians. Let Donors Trust help manage your charitable giving. Donors Trust was built with our listeners in mind. That's people who believe that limited government and constitutional rights are worth fighting for. If you already have a donor-advised fund, consider opening a rollover account. It can be done in three simple steps by calling my friends at Donors Trust. The Donors Trust team will work with you to protect your charitable legacy and help you achieve your charitable goals. Even if you're not ready now, by the way, but you're interested, 
and charitable giving in the future, sign up to the link to get more information. Partner with a fund that matches your values. To learn more, download their prospectus at www.donorstrust.org gml. That's www.donorstrust.org gml. To align your giving with your values, visit www.donorstrust.org gml. On Tuesday, they did so in a ruling that essentially uses one part of the First Amendment to override another, all in the name of expanding religious freedom protections far beyond the limits envisioned by the document's drafters. Way beyond the limits because they didn't have public schools at that time and, and you know, just had no clue that that was going to be the case. Well, education this, was terrible back yeah. then. In this case, it was done in a ruling that will require the state of Maine to allow parents to use taxpayer dollars to send their kids to religious school. Remember that separation? And the same as the title... Justice Stephen Breyer, who dissented, along with two other Democratic-appointed justices, decried the ruling in the strongest of terms. He said the First Amendment begins by forbidding the government from making any law respecting an establishment of religion. It next forbids them to make any law prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The court today pays almost no attention to the words in the first clause while giving almost exclusive attention to the words in the second. So in doing this, are they making a law was the government making a law respecting an establishment of religion? That's what I would want to ask. Forbidding. So, well, the 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 first one, yeah. They, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forbid the government from making any law is respecting establishment. Now they're given taxpayer money. I don't think the con that Congress has made any law that establishes a national religion. No, I don't think they have. No. So I don't understand this whole first clause. I do think that we've taken the separation of church and state thing uh, way, way too far, in, in my opinion. Now, I don't think that they need to respect a specific religion. Obviously, they don't need to do that. I don't think they need to do the bidding of specific religions, and I think that that's pretty clear for separation of church and state. Where this all gets muddied is when the government starts taking your money without your permission— and creating public schools and then giving people money to go to other private schools and then deciding that you can't have your money to go to the school of your choice. We want school choice. And if that well, and happens I, to be a religious school, then you can't do it. Look at other thing. I mean, charities around the entire United States received all kind of PPP funding, mm -hmm. right? Whenever the pandemic hit, a lot of them religious, yeah. right? Yeah. So are they, they're not allowed to get any tax money back? I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. I mean, if they weren't taxed in the first place, I don't know exactly how that works out. But anyway, uh, we go on. Sotomayor, in her dissent, said the court continues to dismantle the wall of separation between church and state that the framers fought to build. Uh, the case involves a state program that gives parents. Now, this is the important part, the really important part. The state program gives parents in far-flung parts of the state with no public school options taxpayer-funded tuition aid to send their children to private school. You're literally talking about in areas where the state is not providing public schooling for people that live in the area. Mainly because no one wants to live there. Now, I thought that <laughs> if we just had private schools, that people that lived in small towns or out in the middle of nowhere, they wouldn't be able to go to school because uh, people wouldn't put any private schools out there, you know? Mm. So you got to have public schools yeah. to go out there that aren't trying to make money. But in this case, it was for people who are out in the middle of nowhere with no public schools, and they're able to use taxpayer-funded tuition aid 
to send their children to private school, but it prohibits such funds to be used for religious institutions because that would violate the Establishment Clause. Uh, Roberts reasoned otherwise. A neutral benefit program in which public funds flow to religious organizations through the independent choices of private benefit recipients does not offend the Establishment Clause. And that's the other thing. So when the state gives you money, let's say, or anybody gives you money for that matter, do they get to determine how you use that money? They, I mean, they often do, but should they? But, but do they actually? Well, I mean, in specific programs like with SNAP and WIC and stuff like that, they get to determine how you use that money. But, you know, hey, I got a PVP loan, and they didn't determine how I used it because I didn't. It's still sitting there. Yeah. But, I mean, I had to use it. I had to use it to pay, uh, pay my, wor- my workers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, pay yourself. Myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the to me, the white pill I took from this, and it's, this is not exactly what they're going to say this is recognizing, but what's happening here? The state takes money from people, and they keep using this idea that taxpayer money or they're using public money to fund a religious institution. Where does that money come from? What's public money? What is that? This is money that was taken away from people. On one hand, you could have people who provide that public money saying, well, you know what? I don't want my money going to this public anymore. And so there are some people who might not want to pay taxes because they don't like where it's going. That's a white pill to me. On the other hand, they're recognizing that the public money is just money that was taken from the public and that when they decide to dole that back out, they can't make those decisions of how the public is going to spend that money. And, in fact, I think that they're right in this when they say that when you take money from people and then you give it out to people to go to private schools, but you say it can't be a religious school, that sounds like discrimination against religious schools, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Just just in my humble opinion. The real solution to this would be just to stop taking people's money. Yeah. The other thing you could do to—so the other compromise I would would want here is— for the people who want to go to those private schools to not have to pay any taxes, you know, like if they're not going to be eligible to receive tax money to go to the school of their choice, then they also don't need to pay into the system. Agreed. So there's another compromise that Maine should have worked out right there, I guess. Don't make them pay into the system if they can't use that for the school of their choice. And we need more school choice in the country. Amen. Absolutely school choice. And you should be able to take whatever that money is, whatever the money it is that you paid into, and and spend it wherever you want. And in fact, so there's a previous Supreme Court precedent on this uh, from 1947, Everson versus the Board of Education. It was actually a pretty similar case. Uh, The case was brought by a New Jersey taxpayer against a tax-funded school district that provided reimbursement to parents of both public and private schooled people taking the public transportation system to school. The taxpayer contended that reimbursement given for children attending religious schools violated the constitutional prohibition against state support of religion. Now, it's this is where we've gotten this all backwards, because what money is the state using to reimburse to people who are taking this transportation to the schools? The people's the money. people's money. And so when you say the state support of religion, you're and you're confiscating money from people and then giving it back to them so they can be transported to school, you're you're acting like the state is the 
is the entity that really just has ownership of the money. And that's where I get the white pill from this, because whether or not anyone has taken it that far yet, it's a little chip in the idea that this, that the state is this fictitious entity that owns all of our money, that they get to decide exactly where it goes. It's not their money. It's the people's money. And the people have the right to get mm. that money back and spend it where they want to. Preach it, brother. There you go. Now, a, kind of a funny part about this is I saw a lot of people quoting. I think I would attend Liberty Church mm. with Nate Thurston yeah. as the pastor. Send in your prayer requests. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for sure. <laughs> this it looks like this leg lamp is coming out of my head. It's really throwing me off right now on the camera. I got a Christmas story leg lamp right here. It just just shooting straight out of my hat. I got a leg lamp hat on. That's right. Sorry, I just saw myself in the camera right there. I saw a lot of people on Twitter quoting Justice Hugo Black in the Supreme Court decision in 1947. Justice Hugo Black, uh, who this was the first opinion that mentioned the separation of church and state, that there should be a wall uh, that you just couldn't get through between the two of them. I don't have the exact quote right there. I thought it was really funny to see people quoting that. Hugo Black was also a member of the Democratic Party and a devoted New Dealer. Um, he endorsed FDR, and uh, before he became a senator, he espoused anti-Catholic views and was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in Alabama. <laughs> and I just don't know if everyone knows that that's the person that they're quoting to try and own the, the Supreme Court opinion on this by using the words in his opinion. But anyway. A member of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is... Worse than Nazis. That's way worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely worse. Now look, again, that doesn't um, uh, to hold the same opinion. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in this instance. Like, True. It doesn't necessarily mean because he had terrible views on other things that no. But to those people, it would. To if those it were a different exactly. Side. Yeah. That's that's what that's the point I was getting to, which is like. There may be some opinions that Black has from the Supreme Court that are just fine, that are in line with the Constitution. I haven't read all of his opinions or dissents. <clears throat> so I'm not saying that you like everything this guy said you have to completely discount. But obviously his endorsement of racism and the New Deal and being part of the Ku Klux Klan, obviously that those are all absolutely atrocious. And to have the left... The, especially the extreme woke leftist quote somebody not realizing that he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan is just it's it's the that's the hottest iron I've seen <laughs> in irony. It's pretty good. I like it. So what do you uh, you know separation of church and state as uh, obviously as libertarians we do think that that is a good principle to have, but I don't think it means what people think it means. When they say it now, ideally in our world, they wouldn't be taking any taxpayer money and giving it out to anyone. But we do have the taxpayer money that was taken from people. And we do have these schools that exist and they're in an area where there aren't any public schools. By the way, that seems like an important part of the discussion as well, uh, where they're able to take this and spend it. And I don't see this as a violation of church and state for them to take that. But I, I would throw out my compromise which is that the people who want to go to that school will be tax-exempt. That way they can't receive public funds uh, to go to that school, but then they also should not pay into the public bank account. 
And that would be my main compromise on this. And in fact, I think that that would have a religious boom in the United States, the likes <laughs> you've never seen. I so, can't pay for taxes on the account of it's against my religion. A lot of people have tried here, here. that. It's been tried and uh, unfortunately has failed thus far. But I am I I'm mean, deeply look, opposed to tax. Say, I, I don't want to Funding the government is the same as funding the devil. I don't want to steal from people, Charlie. It's in the Galdern commandments. It's against my moral compass. Now, if I take money that I know was stolen, is that the same thing as stealing from people? You know? If someone, if my wife walks in and she's got a, a hunk of cash and she's like, hey, let's, uh, let's go out to eat, you know, or let's get a car or something like that. And uh, that's it. We're going to go out to eat or we're going to get a car. <laughs> two things. First yeah. two things, Nate thinks <laughs> so. <laughs> those are the things. I'm hungry and I'm sick of my car. <laughs> and so I went down that list right there. And I'm like, where'd you get that money, babe? And she's like, I stole it from someone mm. at gunpoint. You know, I told them I was going to freaking hold them captive for the rest of their life if they didn't give me that money. And I'm like, oh, well, I can use it. That's fine. It's <laughs> I mean, I didn't steal it yeah. from anyone. It seems like it's against my religion. It was this old, decrepit money. veteran who had dementia, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't know it's gone. Yeah. So it's perfectly fine. It's pretty good. You know, you do bring up a really good point there. Like, And, and this is a question I'm going to ask. I'm not saying that I'm like morally superior by any <laughs> means, um, because I'm not. I, I fall in line with everybody else. But like, do we actually believe in our principles if we don't practice that fact that if you think about it in that way, mm -hmm. which is like you're using like blood money in essence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're using money that's taken through literal force, which is a completely against the morality that we stand for. Do we actually believe in that principle since we have to, since we participate? I mean, I know we say we believe in it, but what do we act out? I don't know. Uh, that's just a deep philosophical question for it, everyone. It is. And because I participate too, obviously. I don't want to go to jail. I'm selfishly like, okay, well, I'm going to have to pay my taxes because I got to buy a house and like all this other stupid shit. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a part of life. So what do you guys? I, I buy into the whole thing too. But I'm, now I'm asking myself, I'm asking my conscience here. Like, do I actually believe in the principles that I talk about? Just think about since what I participate in this scheme. Think about the amount of money that you paid in taxes last year and what that's going to help fund. You know, you're probably you're you're helping kill people in other countries. Like without you and everyone else like you, they wouldn't be able to do it. You know, it's true. You're part of it. You at this point, you've contributed like personally to at least like 10 deaths. I bet something like that. I think so. Yeah, probably 10 people you helped kill. Were these adults or kids? Could be maybe 15 kids. Yeah. That's a gross. Okay, it's White Pill Wednesday. Holy crap. <laughs> Whoa. Went way off the rails right there. Okay, so oh, there are... I think that's a good question to ask yourself, though. Well, it is. Everyone should ask themselves that. Because and... then, like, okay, if we can get enough people, though, to, like, really, truly... They can't arrest all of us. I, I, I Let's so... do it. We we need enough people to agree. Hey, tell me about this uh, COVID test requirement getting ended. What did you saw that? I didn't see that. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. So um, from the this is from the New York Post, I believe. But uh, President Biden's administration is ending an onerous travel rule that requires people entering the U.S., including American citizens, to present a negative COVID test. That would have been really nice 
like two weeks ago. Or like a year. Yeah. Or like a long time ago. Well, I was traveling. Oh, you were traveling. Two weeks yeah. ago. So that would have been really nice then. I have a hard time Although finding. Although I wish it wasn't part of the whole thing anyway. I thought COVID was popping up again, though. It is. You Cases know? are on the rise. I know two people with COVID right now. It's mm-hmm. been it's been uh, months since I... But apparently it doesn't exist to the Obama, to the Obama administration. <laughs> same, same. Same, same. To the Biden administration. A Biden administration official said, Today, the administration is announcing an important update. CDC will no longer require pre-departure COVID-19 testing for U.S.-bound air travelers, effective Sunday, June 12th. So this happened June 12th. Pretty nice. The official said that CDC has determined, based on the science and data, the CDC has determined, based on the science and data, that this requirement is no longer necessary at this time. CDC will do a reassessment of this decision in 90 days, as if nothing could go wrong in 90 days. And um, as with other policies, CDC will continue to evaluate it on an ongoing basis. The decision ends one of the most hated pandemic rules, which induced stress among vacationers who spent their trips dreading the possibility of testing positive overseas. It was announced one hour after the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics revealed that annual inflation spiked 8.6%. In May, the highest level since 1981. <laughs> Didn't you know someone who had a positive COVID test and they just went around, they just kept taking COVID tests until they got a negative one? Yep. So they could fly. Yep. There's one. And then even speaking to the doctor in the Dominican Republic, he was like, yeah, we'll just give you a negative test. <laughs> in fact, when we went to take our test, they didn't even take our names. There was no identifying information. They swabbed my nose, barely. But they, there was no identifying information, and yeah. there was a whole group of us. They just, like, swabbed all of our noses, and then they gave us all negative results. I'm like, how do you know who's who swab belongs to who? You don't even know. You didn't even ask my name. It's like a lottery when you go there. Like, if, <laughs> if one of them pops up, who do you associate it with? Well, it, so th- it wasn't really even happening, but... It's good to get rid of pointless rules, uh, so that's good. Although, uh, of course, it's hard to not also say, well, this shouldn't have been there in the first place. Uh, so, mm, you know, is that a white pill? Sure, it's a white pill. They got rid of one of the super rules. And uh, are they going to bring it back sometime? Maybe they will, but uh, there's it's going to be a little bit harder, as usual, to bring stuff back. Uh, so it is good that they're getting rid of it. We have a couple other things in here. I was trying to not go with something that we were going to place a white pill label on I mean, look, again, but look at this cases. Yeah, the daily average of new cases eighty nine thousand one hundred and two. So daily deaths from COVID two hundred and thirty nine. <clears throat> now these are recently on the decline. However, hospitalizations are on the rise. Hmm. Four thousand two hundred ninety three daily average admissions, but nothing to see here, folks. It doesn't like nothing's happening. Are they switching this mask rule at the time that cases are rising so they this can is then? The, this is the, the testing rule. Oh, the testing rule. Sorry. At the time that cases are rising so they can then say, well, see, we got rid of testing and cases started going up. And so we're going to have to bring the testing back. You know, sorry, that's not a white pill. No, the biggest thing about it is, is that it's all. I mean, it's good that it's going away, but it's so much hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I can't believe people on the left aren't screaming. About how this is going to be so dangerous for everyone that we're just allowing everyone to come into the country, regardless of what their COVID-19 status is. 
What if they infect someone's <clears throat> grandmother? Well, the CDC on the said airplane. That it was, the CDC said it was safe. Yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I I wish I would have saved my white pill from yesterday for today. Actually, we did another white pill yesterday instead of today as well. But my conversation with my doctor yesterday was amazing. Okay, I'm not giving you his name or the place that I go to, but man, it was great when he. When he took, he turned around, his stethoscope like kind of ripped off his mask a little bit, which he only had on his chin. That was it. And he goes, man, I wish I'd just take this thing off. And I just remember he, he goes, I mean, look at me. I'm not even wearing it. You know? <laughs> Properly. It's not doing anything. Yeah. He's like, but I've got it up on here, on my ears, like it's going to do something. And then we started talking about the vaccine. And it was just, uh, it was pretty good having my doctor tell me. That as far as Omicron goes, the vaccine is pointless and that he wasn't worried about whether or not I was vaccinated. Mm. Boom. That was good. Go. I knew I could tell that from him. Okay, what about this? Uh, let's do another cultural. Let's do a cultural thing here, mm -hmm. Charlie. And I, <clears throat> okay, I got to stress that this whole Lightyear movie, this Buzz Lightyear movie thing flopping over the weekend, it's not definite proof that it was because of this woke agenda that's out there could have been some other stuff for sure. Maybe the moon is in a different phase than it was previous weekends, you know, uh, the, the economy crashing, you know, stock portfolios went down. They weren't able to go see the movie like they saw top gun previous weeks. <clears throat> you know, they spent all their money on top gun already that's, or Jurassic World. or Jurassic world. Yeah. yeah. Can't do three in a row like that is one of the big issues. Mm -hmm. But here's the here's Parents the are deal. more willing to take their kids to see Top Gun and Jurassic World <laughs> than they are a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Lightyear movie did have this lesbian kissing scene in it. Now, am I opposed to lesbian kissing scenes? No, not at all. Not, not for you. No, but I'm not a kid. Exactly. Isn't it kind of... My question the whole time was, why is there a kissing scene? You know? Why introduce... movie. Like... Any type of physical activity sexualized between people in this kid's movie. And then you get all the videos coming out about Disney clearly, <clears throat> clearly pushing their agenda. And they literally say that they have an agenda, like their leaked audio coming from Disney. So I'm not saying they have an agenda. They're saying they have an agenda to try and do this. And I find the whole thing to be really weird. To push any type of sexual orientation material or any sexualized whether content, whether it's hetero, hetero, or, or homo, whatever it doesn't it is. matter. And so the the movie flops. It gets fifty one million in its first weekend, uh, compared to something like one hundred and sixty million or something for Top Gun. Now those go to different audiences, okay? Um, but it's a big flop for an animated movie, for sure. And do you think it had to do with a with the woke news around it? I think it had to do with several things. That's <clears throat> that's definitely one of them. But the, the, So the white pill in this is that the, the free market works. You know, at, when all else fails, you like, when all else fails, you see the free market working. Look at Netflix. Look at Disney. Look at these people. I think it's for a couple of things. I think it's one, yeah, most parents don't want to take their kids to see a movie that has any type of sexual connotation to it whatsoever. Bailey made a good point. She said Snow White wouldn't have woken up then, you know. I mean, she had to get kissed. <laughs> now, I've never seen that movie, so yeah. I, I do remember that being part of the uh, the, the the story, though, you know, because my mom was real. I didn't see it because my mom wouldn't let me watch it, you know, because it was kissing. <laughs> so, so we just watched uh, RoboCop instead. Well, but how, look, 
even Sleeping Beauty, how sexualized was the kiss? I don't know. I don't know how sexualized the kiss was in yeah. Lightyear. You know, I, I haven't seen it. But also, like the alleged kiss. Also, isn't Buzz in this movie like gay as well? No, Buzz is not gay. They switched out from Tim Allen. Uh, I was gonna say that's the other part of it. Yeah, that. And so, why did they switch out from Tim Allen over to you know Captain America, whatever his name is, uh, to play it? Well, Tim Allen kind of got blacklisted a little bit. You know, his show got canceled. He's pretty right wing and everything. And that's why I didn't go see it. I was gonna go see yeah. it if they wouldn't have got rid of him. And then you also have the fact that this scene had already been removed from the movie until the Don't Say Gay bill got passed and Disney decided in. they were going to put it back in, acting all morally superior about how much they love the gays. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take this scene that we had previously secretly removed from the movie that you guys didn't know about, and we're going to demand that we put the scene back in the movie that we had taken out. And a lot of people didn't show up to watch it. Yeah. Just a lot. All right, <laughs> this is coming from the Blaze, so it's gonna have. Oh, a spin. I, the, that was my whole synopsis of. Gonna the have a spin bit. to it, but just give you guys some highlights here. So, the Lightyear movie was a financial flop at the box office after several woke controversies, including a lesbian kissing scene. Although expectations were high for the latest movie in the Toy Story franchise, the film garnered only a disappointing fifty-one point seven million in its first weekend in the U.S. Now, to put that in perspective. The, based on the numbers I saw, I've seen is Disney needs to make about eight hundred million dollars on this film Woo! to break even. That sounds like a lot. So, um, it earned so little that it came in second at the box office behind Jurassic World Dominion, which was on its second week. Uh, some criticize the movie for replacing Tim Allen as the voice of Buzz Lightyear character, implying that the actor's conservative beliefs might have played a part in that decision, which they probably did. The title character is voiced by actor Chris Evans, who is very vocal about his far-left liberal politics. Another controversy arose when employees at Pixar Animation Studios demanded a same-sex kissing scene be restored in the movie to pacify their outrage at Florida's parental rights and education legislation. Disney ex executives later restored the scene, which resulted in 14 Asian and Middle Eastern nations banning the film. Okay, so that's the other part of that. That's why you can't just come right out and say, see, they put this this uh, this gay in there, and then people didn't want to go see it. Uh, now, of course, they got domestic box office numbers that they're looking at, but this also got banned in 14 other countries. The, the other movies that we're talking and comparing it to didn't get banned in. And so that's also just important. It's a, you know, there's mul it's a multivariate problem yeah. right here for them. It's not, it's not just... The gay scene, yeah, okay, but that does play a part into it. My, you know, the, but there's several factors. I mean, this is like what movie twenty seven in the Toy Story saga. My problem wouldn't even really, be it's like four or five. But the problem I have is that I feel like there's an agenda behind it. Whatever the agenda is, this whole thing you're seeing with kids out there. I saw a Galdern commercial last night while I was watching the, I don't know, one of my murder shows. I was watching a curtain commercial came on and it was for how this kid that really wanted to do drag shows, you know, like this kid or this, this uh, trans kid and this, and it was like, there's this whole thing going on right now. And I was talking to my wife about this last night and we we're like, Oh, we don't care what people do once they're of age. But like this idea that you're going to start transitioning and stuff when you're really young. And it's like, I feel like we're confusing kids who have no clue about anything 
when they're children. Yeah, they don't know at anything. All. They literally don't know anything, and we're just confusing the hell out of them. And it's like there's an agenda behind doing it. And we talked about the conspiracy behind it a while back, which is that if you can create as many uh, victimized minority people as you can, then you can bring together that that minority to create a majority so you can have more control. So it's in your best interest to minoritize as many people as you possibly can. I don't know if they're thinking that far in it. If I just thought that this was like super important to the, like they had no agenda behind it, they weren't trying to push whatever politics or whatever they were behind it and something just, I, like I would care less about it than I do right now. I still think it's weird. Isn't it weird? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think having anything like sexual at all is weird for kids. What's the deal with sexualizing kids? I, you know, they're that, like pushing sex in front of kids. It's gross. You know, like we, we're talking about. Uh, I mean, you, you have several people that come out that, that try to say like love is love. Like there there are several pedo sympathizers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's disgusting. Those maps out there, the minor, minor attracted people, too. That's right. They want to yeah. get their letters added on, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I was talking to Lacey last night, and we were talking about transitioning kids before puberty because we were talking about the conversation from yesterday with Leah Thomas mm-hmm. and how if you are if you're, if you want to compete, you're going to have to transition before uh, puberty. And then we were like, that's it doesn't sound like something that should even be legal to me. And I'm not a big fan of making things illegal, but that doesn't sound like something that should be legal. Like, you wouldn't even – would you want to give Parker a tattoo – Right now? No. Like, could Parker be like, yeah, I really want a tattoo with a fucking giraffe on my face right now? And you're like, what? A monster truck. A monster truck. I'd like to put a, I'd like my whole dad, my whole face. I want my face to, I want it to look like a monster truck, a a tire. I want the El Toro Loco horns. Yeah. Yeah. On his face. And you, you talk to, you know, you, you talk to the artist and like, well, it's just how he feels, you know? Mm. Can't deny that. It's not like I hate like, people wait, with so tattoos. You want to make a permanent decision based on a five-year-old's feelings? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You're gonna. <laughs> you think I'm gonna invalidate this five-year-old? Listen, people who have tattoos have been mistreated for for years now, and we're finally normalizing this whole thing. And and now you're still holding back these restrictions on kids getting tattoos. What is this? The the 2019s. <laughs> you know, come on, we're moving forward here. Tell well, me about this gas station real quick, it's we been, gotta, and we got to go. I've we've been on BS mode for about forty minutes now. So now I had this. Uh, there was a story about this gas station owner that I found on Good News Network. The good news story was that he's selling gas at fifty cents a gallon cheaper than what it costs him to buy, so he can help customers. And I watched this video. It's this nice heartwarming video about how he's trying to help people out and says what his price for the gas was. By the way, if if you ever don't ever get mad at the gas stations about the gas prices. They don't make money off of the gas. Mm-mm. They make money off of the convenience store that's attached to the gas station. So if you really want to screw them, go get their gas and then don't buy anything at their convenience store. But there was this nice article about this neighborhood in Phoenix, how he owns the gas station. Um knocking it down by 50 cents a gallon so he could help all the customers. And then they show a shot inside of his store, and it's just like the nicest little grocery store you've ever seen, you know. And he talks about how, well, I don't really make money off the gas anyway. You know, I just make money off of the stuff that people buy inside of here. And what I really liked about that 
was that this is also causing some of the gas stations in the area to come down as well. So there's free market competition happening. You're also helping people with gas. And he knows that he's going to be able to make more money on the back end by enticing people to come to his store so he can sell stuff that's in the store. But in helping people who are buying the gas by giving them 50 cents off, he's going to be able to make more money. Yep. And they didn't go into that part of the economics. It does say that they're <laughs> – now, we don't know where this $500 per day is coming from, but it does say that that they're losing $500 per day. On gas. He said he makes it up in the store on the, the news clip yeah. that I watched. And so the reason why he's doing this, by the way, yeah, is for the, the video that they came and did the special on. <laughs> and the it fact is. that – more people are going to come to his gas station. There's a gas station that used to do this once a year in our little town that we grew up in, in Marion, right by the um, right by the airport. I didn't grow up in Marion. Did you grow up in Marion? I said by where oh, we grew okay. up. Um, it's in a little town called Marion. There's a little regional airport there. Um, there the Hucks and the mm-hmm. gas station across from it, they used to do penny gas days. And what would happen was... This is back when gas was like under a dollar, I think. But they would still sell it for a penny, penny per gallon. Everyone went there to fill up their tank. Well, what do you do when you're filling up your tank? Well, you take a gander inside. And that's where you buy $8 sodas and $16 (laughs) hot dogs. It's like going to a football game. Exactly. (laughs) Okay? It's genius. It's genius. You take a little loss on what everybody's there for, and you more than make up for it Mm -hmm. on the inside. And I think I think gas stations should be taking this uh, all the time. Listen, we did get into very much free market stuff today, but the the thing to take home with you is the market finds a way, and it's going to involve what looks like helping people, and it is in fact going to help people. The people who go to that gas station who aren't going to buy any stuff, well, they're going to save a lot of money compared to all the other gas stations. Is the guy going to make more money because he's got he's got lines outside the store all the time now? Now he's probably going to end up making more money. But what happens? People get helped in the process. And that's what the market does. They find a way to compete with their with all the different competitors that are in the neighborhood, people helping people. It's powerful stuff. Well, so the hardest thing in business, just so you guys know, if any of you out there are business owners, the hardest thing in business is getting people in the door. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not brick and mortar, let, let's say the virtual door, right? That's why marketing is so important. So any any way, this is why restaurants have rewards programs. They have you know two for one beers, two for one pizzas. They all these things because they need to get you in the door. And once if you're, if we the, could put a gas station outside of this podcast, we would do it. I give away free gas. Yeah, right now for sure. <laughs> Getting people in the door is the most important thing of any business because you, if no one knows about you at all, well, you're not going to sell anything. So you have to find you have to entice people to come inside. So that you can sell them more shit. Mm-hmm. That's business one. Business one. Yeah. Not even one on one. That's business one. <laughs> it's like it's like giving away the free Discord for the trading class where you can get to go on the mastermytrades.com. Hey, man. <laughs> mastermytrades.com. All right. If you guys enjoyed today's semi white pill Wednesday episode, please hit that subscribe button. Share the show with a family member, a friend, a foe, and the children, because we do not sexualize children <laughs> at in this show. We talk against it. So share it with them, and because uh, they need to hear the the wise words of Pastor Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you and uh, all that you do for the Liberty Church. I appreciate that. It's I appreciate yeah. you appreciating me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any elders at my church? Yeah, at Liberty I, Church. I'm the oldest one. You're the, <laughs> yeah, 
You're the pastor and the elder. Pastor and the elder okay. and the deacons. And the deacons. All of them, yeah. Bishop. Mm-hmm. Pope Paul. Pope Paul Thurston. That's what they Pope call me. Paul Thurston. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. As I'm saying, if you guys enjoyed it, leave us a rating and review, share the show. And if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some black pill news. <laughs> Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Listen. Ah, any news on Nate Fest? I asked Nate about that this morning, actually.